We're going to begin in Exodus 24, verse 15 to 18. We're thinking about the cloud um, being a picture of the Holy Spirit. So Exodus 24, verses 15 to 18. Then Moses climbed up the mountain and the cloud covered it. And the glory of the Lord settled down on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from inside the cloud. To the Israelites at the foot of the mountain, the glory of the Lord appeared at the summit like a consuming fire. Then Moses disappeared into the cloud as he climbed higher up the mountain. He remained on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So it was in that cloud that Moses received, among many other instructions, commands on how to build the tabernacle. And while in the cloud, Moses shared such a close relationship with God that his face shone. In Exodus 34, verse 32 to 35, Exodus 34, verse 32 to 35, it said, when Moses finished speaking with them, he covered his face with a veil. But whenever he went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he would remove the veil until he came out again. Then he would give the people whatever instructions the Lord had given them. And the people of Israel would see the radiant glow of his face. And you remember, as he came down that mountain in the first passage, his face shone, we, we read. So I want to explore with you this morning the idea that that same cloud that enveloped Moses dwells in us because that cloud is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's abiding presence, and it is he that guided the children of Israel through the wilderness in the cloud. So Exodus 13 verse 21 tells us, the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. Of course, it's Jesus himself who tells us that the Holy Spirit guides. John 16 and verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. This same cloud also filled the temple where the priests were ministering. In fact, the power of the glory of God was so overwhelming that the priests were unable to stand. So I'm going to turn now to 2 Chronicles, chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. 2 Chronicles, chapter 5, 13 and 14. The trumpeters and singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not stand or continue their service because of the cloud for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. 
There are other instances, of course, where God is revealed in the form of a cloud at the transfiguration. Uh, even as he spoke, Matthew says, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. It was in a cloud that Jesus ascended in Acts 1 verse 9. It's on a cloud that Jesus will return, Matthew 13 verse 26. And Paul says to the Corinthians, I don't want you to be ignorant of the fact that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And then finally, Isaiah hints the cloud being the power of the Holy Spirit in Isaiah 63, verse 11 to 14. Isaiah 63, 11 to 14. Then his people recalled the days of Moses and his people. Where is he who brought them through the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he who set his Holy Spirit among them, who sent his glorious arm of power to be at Moses' right hand, who divided the waters before them? They were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. This is how you guided your people to make for yourself a glorious name. So with that in mind, um, we'll look a little bit more at Exodus 13, verse 14 uh, and following, Exodus 13, verse 14 onwards. The context here is that the Israelites were going through a barren and unfriendly desert. And in the nighttime, there is a pillar of fire to lead them. And in the daytime, there is this cloud, which incidentally was large enough to cover. Well, Numbers chapter one lists 603,550 men. And then if we add women and we add children and we add all their animals, I think we could estimate probably two and a half million bodies that this, cl this uh, cloud covered. And under this cloud, there was a totally different atmosphere. The design of the tabernacle and the tents that they lived in would have been unbearably hot in the daytime. And if you went outside, then you would have been burnt by the sun. So the cloud was like their own air conditioning it changed the temperature. But it wasn't just temperature, of course. There was a totally different atmosphere because God was in it. Exodus 14, verse 19 and 20 says, the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other. So in an amazing way, the cloud and the fire were the same thing at the same time to different people. And at nighttime in the wilderness, unlike the day, it can be extremely cold. And in the fire, God gives warmth and he gives light. And so at night, which 
incidentally, is our most vulnerable time physically, mentally, and spiritually. Physically, more people die at night than at any other time of day. Mentally and spiritually, we know that um, um, those are the times when we struggle with our thoughts the most. So at nighttime, God gives the warmth of his presence and his light to be able to see clearly. So let's remember that when we gather, there is a different atmosphere from the world because God is present. And in the same way in our homes or in the workplace, there's a different atmosphere from the rest of the world. May not always feel like that if there's a tense or negative atmosphere caused by us. And we do what God tells us to do, which is to repent and forgive and all those other things. That special and unique atmosphere is regained. Moreover, if we respond to the warmth of God's presence, when we are weary or when we are tempted to give in to wrong thinking or wrong behavior, the Holy Spirit covers us, protects us, shields us, challenges us. Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as the comforter. He comforts us by enveloping us with his presence like the cloud. He also comforts us in the original meaning of the word comfort, which means to prod. So there's a lovely picture in the Bay of Tapestry. I don't know if you've seen it, um, but um, William the Conqueror is um, shoving a spear up the backside of his troops. And underneath the text says, King William comforteth his troops. <laughs> he, he prods them. And of course, uh, the Holy Spirit brings light into darkness, like the fire. And when the Egyptian army came to destroy the Israelites, the cloud moved and it stood between these two peoples. There was darkness on the Egyptian side and there was light on the Israeli side. And it's still true that the Holy Spirit divides. To the unbeliever, the workings of God are an enigma. If they have any thoughts about him at all, he's a mysterious, incomprehensible power, but he's never seen as a person. But when you're a believer, things are very different. The very presence of God in Jesus by the Holy Spirit sheds light. We see something else about this cloud in Exodus 33, verse 7 to 11. Exodus 33, 7 to 11. The background here is that Israel had committed idolatry, worshipping a golden calf that they'd made. And as Moses came down the mountain, having received the Ten Commandments, Moses saw all this going on and he took his own tent outside the camp. And he set it up and he called it the tent of meeting. He then said to the people something like this. If any of you want to change your hearts, if you want to come and meet with God, then you can come to this tent of meeting. And for the moment, it's going to be outside the camp. And the cloud brought the Lord close to Moses again. And that's what the Holy Spirit loves to do. He brings the presence of the Lord before us. And we speak to God through him. And that's largely what Paul means when he encourages us to always pray 
in the spirit. Think of it in terms of a cloud. The cloud is upon you when you're praying in the spirit. The cloud brings you face to face with Jesus. And when you pray in the spirit, you're coming face to face with the Lord himself. Another truth we find is in Numbers chapter 9, 15 to 22. Numbers chapter 9, 15 to 22. Here again, we see the cloud and the fire. They are united in some way. It says this, on the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered it from evening to morning. The cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Whenever the cloud settled, the Israelites set up camp. And as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in the camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle for only a few days. And whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in the camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. What is the point of the cloud staying? I think it's that God, God's people must learn to rest. We often get the impression that God's people are to work, 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 work. But there are times to rest. And that's vital for our health. It's vital for our state of mind. In Exodus 40, verse 36 to 38, we see this underlined in a very interesting way. Exodus 40, 36 to 38. In all the journeys of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day and fire was in it by night in the sight of the, all the house of Israel in all their journeys. So notice that passage begins and ends with that phrase, in all their journeys. In the first instance, the words are to be taken literally. The cloud lifted and they moved on ahead. And the Israelites knew then that that was when they're going to travel, to journey. But in the second instance, the words cannot be taken literally. For when the cloud didn't move... How could they start their journey? It was on the tabernacle by day and fire was it by night in all their journeys. So the interesting thing is that when they camped, it is also called a journey. The point is linguistic, of course, but it sends a powerful message that even an encampment is called a journey. So as long as we've not yet reached our destination, which the Israelites hadn't, and we haven't, God the Holy Spirit does not leave us when we're resting. And neither does resting mean that we shut our ears to God's voice or close our eyes to his movements. Interestingly, the Israelites learned that you rested in readiness to go at any time. 
They had no idea when the cloud was, was going to move. Numbers nine said it could be a day or two days or a month or a year. And we're told that they slept in their boots, ready to move. In one of my churches, we had a retired general from the Desert Rats. And he told me that the British Army discovered some years ago that if you take your boots off in the night, in the desert, and a sandstorm suddenly whips up, by the time you've got your sand out of your boots and found out where all your stuff is, you might as well be dead. So they slept in their boots. We're called to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's moving. As Israel was sensitive to the moving of the cloud, today as always, God's desire for his people is to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right things, and always prepared to change direction. Back in Exodus 13, verse 20 to 22, we find that they took their journey from Sukkot and camped in Etham. Etham means um, labor, working hard <laughs> on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He didn't take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. And there's that word journey again in Exodus. It's a reference to the journey from Egypt all the way to Canaan. It's heading east. Now, lots of things stem from that. The tabernacle always faced east. Jesus spoke of his second coming as being like lightning from the east. Matthew 24, 27, for as the lightning comes from the east and shines in the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And a journey is a picture of the Christian life. Paul often talks about our walk with the Lord. Peter calls us pilgrims, even strangers while we're here on earth, walking to a place which is uh, exciting in heaven. And reaching the land of Canaan is a picture of entering into another promised land. And it's the spirit that guides us in all our work. As uh, Melody Green in her favorite song uh, wrote, he leaves us his spirit till the work on earth is done. And taking a long shot from Exodus to heaven, we note we move from a little temporary shelter called a Sukkot or a booth to a house with many rooms, as Jesus describes it in John chapter 14, verse 2, in heaven. Now, I realize Canaan isn't heaven, but I hope you see a little bit of the contrast here. Our life is temporary here, and the Holy Spirit's task is to prepare us for the permanence and the majesty of heaven. The Spirit is leading us to a journey home. And we're told that the cloud or the fire went before them. The Hebrew word is panim, the word for face. He faces us as he leads us. The word is plural because God faces all of us because he loves to fellowship with his people. 
Mind you, if we sin or we don't repent, he'll turn his face from us. In the ancient world, the commander in chief of the armies of Israel would signal his presence in the field for his troops by lighting a bonfire so that they saw the flames, they saw the smoke, and they knew that the commander of chief was there to rally them, to encourage them. God, our commander in chief, is right here in the battle with us, and he leads us forward by his Holy Spirit. He's in front of us, and he's behind us, and he's protecting us and guiding us. So I hope that unpacks a little bit uh, the cloud in the Old Testament. Don't know if you have any comments.